You're listening to the Womanpreneur Podcast. Empowerment in business and life. Welcome to the Womanpreneur Podcast. My name is Melissa Motes and... We have our awesome Amanda McEwen with us today. Like I said, I try to keep things awkward as possible. (laughs) So I just sit here and don't say anything, and it's great. We have a very special guest with us. This is Jamie Newberry. And I don't even know how to introduce you because (laughs) of all the things. I met you when you were doing some kind of web graphic type work many, many moons ago. And since then, you've also done coaching and keynote speaking, and you launched a company that went viral on its first day. Yeah. So we're going to get to all of that. Um, But thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's just exciting. And and if you're you're listening and not just watching, you should really tune into the YouTube so you can see your hair. It's bright yellow. (laughs) Comic blonde. Comic blonde. Comic blonde. I love it. And it so suits you. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. So today we're, we're talking about creating your own path. And it's something that Melissa and I have talked about a lot because we don't really follow the rules when it comes to career. There was never one set. Well, she, she's a little more straightforward, but has taken a lot of opportunities along the way. And I'm just, you know... We, we just said when uh, people ask, what do you do? It's like, it's not really a simple answer. Like, we have Never to go into it. So I don't know where to start with you, really, but... What do you want to know? I know. <laughs> it's... Well, you got start... What was your first career? Your first part one. What was phase one? Yeah, chapter you? one. <laughs> My first job, age 12, I was a dishwasher. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, but we won't go back that far. There's a lot of stuff in there. But um, so I actually, I, I went to UNLV here in Las Vegas mm-hmm. and I studied metal sculpture. I started as an English major. Then when I was doing my art credits, I stumbled upon metal sculpture and I fell in love, switched my major and put all my emphasis there. Um, a lot of drawing and stuff. Anyway, so I graduated with an art degree and kind of like in 1998 and I was wondering like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) And um, I had been working my way through school as a film and video production assistant for um, like satellite media tours who would come through to do, it was at the time Comdex was a big one and then CES and then the people who hired us loved me and my husband at the time. So I was like 20 years old. I I got married very young. Um, And so, yeah, they would hire the both of us to do like whatever they need, production assistant, grip work, blah, 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 blah. And that um, that role actually took me out to the San Francisco Bay Area after I graduated college. And it was my first job. I was basically a production assistant for a film and video company. And um, I was doing everything like the woman who ran that company very small two-person company, husband and wife team, but they did broadcast stuff for stuff all over the world, usually sporting events, the Sydney 2000 Olympics, the Atlanta Olympics before that, um, Pan Am games, all kinds of stuff. So I was helping schedule and, um, you know, coordinate shoot schedules and lists and itineraries and book travel and all of that sort of stuff, like just learning. And I learned so much. But I was the one who held the fort down while they were gone. And this introduces my like segue into the web. So I was super fascinated. I didn't use a computer much in my college days. It was was fairly new (laughs) (laughs) to me. I mean, a lot of, you know, having been in tech now for a while, um, you know, 1998, people were like, oh, I was using a computer. I wasn't using a computer, you know, much until college. to write reports, basically. Yeah. And things were still, I was using like Pine for email and stuff. I mean, it was really <laughs> way back there, right? And then um, moving to San Francisco Bay Area though, um, I was immersed in it and the, and the web was so fascinating to me. I was so excited when I saw those little animated GIFs that have a mailbox that opens and closes. <laughs> and it was just so fascinating. I was like, ooh, how do they do that? And I wanted to figure out how to do that. And so I started to teach myself in the downtime of, you know, they would travel doing gigs and basically I just had to answer the phone. I had nothing to do, but I had a computer in front of me and it had Photoshop and it had BB Edit. Um, and I, I started just reverse engineering websites by looking at ViewSource and popping the code 
code into BB Edit, and then teaching myself Photoshop through Adobe Classroom in a book, which had a CD-ROM in the back, <laughs> which was super oh, yeah. cool. And I, I taught myself how to make a website, and I made a website for them because they didn't have one. And so, you know, like after a while, some of their clients were like, who did your website? And they're like, oh, Jamie, our, our office assistant did that in her free time. And, and then they started asking me to do it. And so then I was doing freelance stuff, and eventually it kind of took over. My passion for that really took over. And the wonderful people who um, were my employers at the time reached a point where they're like, hey, we really need an office manager, not so much a designer. And we love you. We'd love to offer you a promotion if you want to stay. But my heart wanted to do design. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, <laughs> finally, um, so that really that really began my journey as a designer. Mm -hmm. And I was also, you know, back in the day when you were a designer, you were also a developer. Like there wasn't a huge separation until right. that evolved. But um, so I was I was a designer that could code, and mm -hmm. um, that was awesome. So I, it was everything to me at that time. So. Great combo. <laughs> it was good. It was good. What I like about that is it's that idea that you know you just you you took the initiative to do something new, which I, I always try to encourage people to do that. It's like you know somebody's not going to just hand you an opportunity all the time, but if you, you see an opening or you just try something, and I'm I'm big fan of self teaching. It's yeah. and amazing what doors it will unlock, mm -hmm. especially yeah. if you're somebody who doesn't follow the rules all the time. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. yeah. Initiative's a big thing. And um, like self-teaching and being resourceful, yeah. you know? So it's like seeking out those resources that you need. I love that you chose the word resourceful because the first time I'd ever really heard anybody apply that word to me was the woman who hired me at that film and video company. She goes, you're so resourceful. And I'd really like to just work with you. And it was amazing. That's so, awesome. You know, it was it's a really huge cool. compliment. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it That's, really is. It's awesome. Yeah. And you, you've been in tech then for a long, so, long time. I know there's, you know, you've worked for some, some companies. I don't know what you talk about and what you don't. So I'm not going to say anything other than yeah. you've done some really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've had a really fruitful career. And I laugh because I did a lot of top secret work for Apple, mm -hmm. which everybody just says, the fruit company in California. <laughs> but yeah, that was the fruit, very fruitful work. I tend to take things very literally. So if you said that to me, I would yeah. probably think you were doing something fruit with peaches company. or, yeah. you know. But there's like, a lot of agriculture in yes, California. Right. So, you know, you could go from metal sculpting to web design to fruit it's, why it's not perfect sense why not it would fit in very well with your uh, why not <laughs> and that's what you know it's funny is before even like while well, working my way through school I had a lot of jobs between you know my dishwashing at age 12 and my um <laughs> finally going out to to do you know film and video slash web mm -hmm. stuff I was a park ranger I was a painter I was I mean oh. I did a bunch of stuff I worked on heavy equipment with my dad mm -hmm. he owned a sand and gravel plant so I had to operate a loader like oh. there was just all kinds of things and as a park ranger you wrangle cows and dig ditches dig ditches and so yeah there's <laughs> a lot of stuff you're well-rounded woman awesome. <laughs> we're not gonna have to say much here because you got a yeah we're just gonna let you roll today you no, no. you just have so much it's about so you. fun to hear um, but I think it's important for people to try different things because a lot of you know and the way it works here you know in the u.s you you know 18 you're graduating from high school and now you're supposed to pick your career and yeah. most of us have no idea no what we idea. like to do yet well and we always say too you know follow your passion and your passion can be anything that interests you even in a small way because we we encourage you do all the things to find your thing. That, so, cause you won't know until you try it. Is everything. Yep. Oh my gosh. Like you see how excited I get. Yay. I know audio <laughs> listeners can't see the excitement, but hopefully it's transmitting. It's transmitting. I they get feel so it. excited about that because yeah. I believe so wholly in that because I still have no idea what I want to do with my life. But when so you grow far, up, yeah, right? things are working out. They're working. I yeah. like what I'm doing. And when you say, you know, like following your passion, a lot of people are like, I have no idea what that mm -hmm. is. Yeah. I was raised very much with the philosophy of life is short. I, I lost my brother, my older brother, when I was 11. Mm -hmm. And like my parents really instilled in my little sister and I the importance of life is short, make it count. Mm -hmm. And like hard work, you know, they taught us mm -hmm. like work ethic and, and all of that. But like that loss impacted 
a lot of the psychology of like, life is short. I better, you know, make it count. My parents really instilled that and love what you do. My dad was such a great example of loving what you do. If he didn't like something, he would leave and he would do something else. And it didn't matter that he had, you know, three or two kids and a mortgage. And, you know, like he didn't care. Was, and this was a funny thing. So I'm going to kind of skip ahead here. In 2012, actually, I lost my dad. And mm -hmm. our relationship had grown very close after the loss of my mom. And I know this is like a bam, 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 a mm -hmm. lot of loss. But I think loss sometimes helps you find your strength mm -hmm. if, if you are lucky. And if yeah. you can really pull, it takes a lot of pulling sometimes to, to find that. But um, when, I, when I lost my mom, I was 27 years old, and nothing proved to me more that I had chosen a path of loving what I do than that loss because I was, I didn't have kids at the time and my work was everything. And I was able to pour my pain and my passion and, you know, whether it was joy or sadness into my work and it, and it evolved my work. It made my work stronger. It made people like go, whoa, who's doing that design over there? We want to work with that person. And so that passion um, like chefs who they always say like be in a good mood or if you, I, I'm a, obsessed with master chef and they're like you know don't have a bad day like it's going it's baking into your food it's the same for anything mm -hmm. you do your your passion or anger or rage it bakes into what you do the everything. work you put out there everything so I, I found that that loss really showed me I love what I do thank goodness I can just mm -hmm. pour everything into it and I love it even more now and then my you know, things started to grow. I was um, at UNLV. I just started at UNLV in 2001 and then um, moved back to be close to my family um, from the San Francisco Bay Area back here to Vegas. And I actually grew up in really rural Nevada, mm -hmm. not in Vegas. I lived in Vegas until fifth grade. And then um, really rural Nevada, graduating class 38 students, farming mm -hmm. community. Um, and awesome though, I'm grateful for that experience. But then, um, so lost my mom in 2002 and had that whole crazy experience of, of just trying to work through it and, and being able to pour everything into the work and having the work benefit from it. Um, and, and then like my work at UNLV, I felt like I had hit kind of a max out point there um, where I wasn't gonna make any more money in the role that I had. I was teaching on the side. I was doing freelance work on the side, websites for uh, whoever needed one. I was knocking on doors. Do you need, I slept like three or four hours a night back then. I had a lot of energy. I sleep much more now, you should know. But you still have a lot of energy. I have yeah. a lot of energy when, my, when I'm awake, yes. But you know, it's like, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, okay, what can I do? I loved the web. I loved what I was doing so much that I was hungry for it and I couldn't, it was like well, like me and cookies. I couldn't get enough. <laughs> Cookie monster. But for websites. I love it. So that was really it. You know, it was like I just had to feed that and keep it going. Because if I stopped too long, mm -hmm. too, it's really easy to get stuck in a place of darkness and let that suck you down. Sure. And I kind of up and down in that, those waters. But I realized that I really liked feeling good, mm -hmm. much better than I liked. And and I know it's not always a choice and I don't want to ever imply that. I understand there's a lot more to mm -hmm. it than that. For me, it, it took a lot of effort and a lot mm -hmm. of work to really pour everything into it and make it the best that I could make it. We talk about that all the time on here. Yes. And it's that it's, it's always theme. finding the positive. Even in the worst situation, you can pull a lesson from it. You yeah. can do something. If it's that fuel that motivates you now to work harder or do more, yeah. you know, it, there's a way that you can actively choose. Not, not that it doesn't hurt or it's any, you know, less tragic than whatever it was that happened. Yeah. But you can choose how you move on from it. You do. And, and that is everything. Mm -hmm. And your perspective, yeah. you know, it's like where you, where you want to be standing and looking at something from what vantage point, you know, and it sounds like you used all of those things you went through as just fuel to just continue to light your fire and fuel the flames in a good way <laughs> to keep growing all yeah. of your passions, which is which just seems good. like there's like an endless <laughs> amount of them, which is really inspiring. <laughs> I love it. And it actually, it kind of leads me to something else that it's kind of on the opposite side of that is burnout. Burnout. And it's something yeah. that I know you used, I, I don't know if you still do, but you were doing keynote speeches. Yeah. <laughs> I was having problems <laughs> saying speeches earlier. I kept saying keynote speaks. Yeah. So I'm just calling myself out I'm really out impressed on with that. you that you just said that. Yeah, speeches, very active yes. thought. Good job. But I know you were doing a lot of talks about burnout yeah. because in this journey, 
And you, now you're working for some really, you know, big companies. I think there's one that created a department for you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, rising up to the top and doing all this great work. But with your two kids at home, it got to a point where, it, which I think we've all felt at some point, that word burnout, it's like it's, yeah. it's too much now. So it is funny how that, and yes, I've done a lot of talks. I've done a lot of coaching around mm -hmm. burnout, um, helping individuals and teams. And it's funny kind of how that happened was, was, you know, we talked a little bit about losing my mom and the work, helping me work through it. Well, 2012. So I was like, I was doing great in, um, I became a partner at Eat Drink, which is mm -hmm. how I met you, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that was 2004. I started with them after leaving UNLV. Mm -hmm. I left UNLV just kind of looking for more. And there was this one company doing <laughs> super rad flash <laughs> animations and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to work with those guys. And anyway, like um, fast forward, um, I ended up working with those guys and they were so amazing. And um, they had offices in Vegas and in Chicago. And I just kind of came and I was sort of the the woman running the shop here in Vegas and Chad ran the one in Chicago and you know and it was great we worked with awesome people we worked on awesome stuff animations for web and, and commercial and, and whatnot and that was really cool um, and then in 2008 the economy shifted yeah. and I ended up going to work with one of our clients who was zappos.com so that was really cool Got a lot of great experience there. Um, but after a couple of years, so this was really funny too. I'm gonna just pile a bunch more in here. <laughs> yes. All right. I'll so, like it. so, okay, so 2008, um, economy. 2009, I have my second child close the company that I love with people that, you know, at mm -hmm. Eat Drink, we had, we decided to close that in uh, like February, March. It was March of 2009. So, February, I have my second child. March, we close Eat Drink. April, I start working with Zappos. Um, May, I filed for divorce. <sighs> Somebody I'd been married to for, I think it was almost 15 years at that point, 14, 14 years mm. at that point. It's all hazy now. Um, and then he moved out um, that summer. And my sister, who was also going through a divorce, moved in with her two boys. That was chaotic. Um, my dad, who throughout my life, a Vietnam veteran, um, had been in and out of veterans' facilities for mental instability. Mm -hmm. And so for, for mental health care. And um, so, and yeah, like I had visited him many times throughout mm -hmm. my high school year. You, you see people and you think your dad's crazy, but like you and you go into an institution and you're like, wow, there are people way worse than dad. So <laughs> you're kind of grateful at, at a, you know, when you see a comparison. Yeah. So I learned a lot from my dad though. And, you know, he would spend cycles. Sometimes it would be three months, but anyway, he, um, he has had a lapse and ended up back. Um, he had to do a term. Okay. <laughs> it was, he was mandated to do a term of like two or three months in a, and then do some customer service or not customer community service, <laughs> not customer <laughs> service. That's no. a bad concept. <laughs> bad mix. Or it could be a yeah. great mix. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> but so that was 2009, which just kind of knocked me off my game a little. So 2010, wow. I'd started at a new job in this big company and um, I really, and then I had two little girls, like a fresh baby and a four-year-old at home going through a divorce at the same time. And um, it, it was really like a lot. But at the same time, I was like, well, if I can get through this. So 2010 was solely focused on stability. Like I just want things to go <laughs> yeah. even for a while. And and by the end of 2010, things were going really well. I, I had um, great projects at Zappos, great teams that I was a part of, where my first project was overhauling the look and feel of the Zappos website. Like first project, right out of the gate. Awesome boss who just said, tell me what you need. We'll clear the obstacles and help you make it happen. So that was awesome. Second project at Zappos, after building a design team to support that web project that we had built, was um, the first mobile apps for Zappos. Mm -hmm. And that is funny because it kind of came off the tail of kind of going, the, the web's starting to bore me a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'm starting to get a little yeah. senior here. No, yeah. now there's apps <laughs> over confidence. No, but like I was, I was just really starting to run out of juice on the web. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I'd been in it, um, what, 1998 through at this point, 2010. Okay, I'd been in it a while, you know? And um, and so uh, this mobile opportunity just fell in 
into my lap. I say it fell into my lap. And you know, my boss says, well, we've been working with some contractors um, for about six months and we can't seem to get it to a place where we feel good about it. Can you take a look and just tell me what you think? And I take a look, he hands me an iPhone with a Zappos.com website that was just smaller. And I'm like, <laughs> Well, you need to throw it away and start again because this is wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. It's just our website's smaller and that's not making use of this. You know, the iPhone, had, when it came out in 2007, was pure magic. They released the SDK in 2008. Um, and, you know, once once the SDK, I'm like, now we're making apps for people. But in 2010, I meant another magical thing happened. April of 2010, they launched the iPad, which people were kind of like, what, what? It's just big. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. But it had an interface all of its own. So when I was given this project to do the first mobile app, um, mobile app for Zappos, um, and I, I met with Tony, the CEO of Zappos, and I was like, what do you, what do you think this needs to be? And he's like, I just want something I'm not embarrassed to tweet about. And I was like, wow, okay, all right, I think I can do this. You got it. Like, we just need to be focused. Um, and, and then he threw in, he's like, it might be interesting to do something for iPad since everybody launches with iPhone first. And iPad's new. Maybe mm. there's something buzzworthy there. Huh. So we did. He goes, so, and then, you know, we go back and I meet with the team. We, we have six people. Um, I'm like, I need some iPads because I had never touched one before at this point. Um, it was June of 2010. So they came out in April. It's June and we're fresh. You know? yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, I'd never made an app, a mobile app before. I'd never designed for one. I'd never touched an iPad before. But we're like, okay, that's going to be our first thing. And then they're like, you have six weeks, go. And we're just like, oh, crap, okay. So me and, like, these six guys were, like, locked in a room for as long as we could. We made these mobile apps. Apple actually called us at Zappos and said, really good job. We love it. Um, so that actually forged a great relationship with Apple, which I'll get to more later. Um, so that was 2010. After our success with <laughs> iPad for Zappos, we did. We went on to do the iPhone, in a, and it was eight weeks. I, I hate to say like it was only in six weeks. It was eight, all said and done. And after having worked in the mobile industry now for many, many years, after that. Um, that is damn impressive. Yeah. I don't no think kidding. we ever yeah. repeated that. So like, like oh my you know, that sort of rhythm. And it was because we had no idea what we were doing. We had a timeline, but we were focused. Mm -hmm. And we had some very talented people on the team who I'm so grateful for. Um, and they, gave, they basically, they said, just if you get it done, we'll clear the obstacles. And I, I really thank Tony for that. Um, approach. He, mm -hmm. That's such smart management. Hire people who are competent and get the F out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> so Let them get do it what, done. Let them yeah. do their job. So that was great. We saw great success from that. We, you know, we repeated this success with the iPhone app and then we did the Android app. And by the time we got off the, into the Android app, I was, I was kind of done with the two hours a day of commuting. I had a daughter, you know, daughters are now like six and two at this time. So, you know, we're in 2011, I think. Yeah. 2011 and I, I'm just like I'm I'm not feeling it I'm not feeling it anymore I want to work for myself again I had worked for myself before with eat drink um, when I became a partner but I'd always had flexible hours owned my time and that I just don't fit the mm -hmm. corporate structure and I really do you remember the moment when you decided that it was time? <laughs> I do and I stayed three months longer than mm -hmm. I should have and you know I remember feeling that it's almost like a snap Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I know that moment well. Yes. <laughs> and I also stayed a little bit longer than I, I should have. I stayed about three months too long. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, and, and I remember when I gave notice, they were like, oh, is there anything we can do to make you stay? And I was actually surprised because I'd kind of been shuttled around um, from boss to boss of people who didn't know what the heck to do with me either. <laughs> like, you're a what? What's UX? What's you, you know, user experience? People didn't know. And, and it was didn't belong. And what, what are you? And what do you do? I don't know. I just know that if I have an objective, I can help get it done. You're resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> resourceful. I love that. I'm just going to put that. That's going to be my thing. Yes, card. Like, Jamie Newberry, resourceful. Resourceful. Period. Yes. You need it done. I can probably help you figure that yeah. out. I will so. join that company with you if yeah. you want a partner. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Just, just saying. So awesome. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so what, what did you do after that? Like after you were like, okay, burnout. Um, so semi-burnout. No, semi-burnout. Semi -burnout. Oh, we're not even at the burnout We're not even at the burnout It's coming. Yet. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's no, no, so ramble. No, you're not rambling. You're actually very on point. I'm just it's like. It's coming. It's fascinating. I just That's can't right. believe all the things you had done up to ramping that point. Up. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> okay, so I give notice. I, I know that I'm going to leave at the end of June of 2011 
And before I go, our team who did awesome things for the iOS um, apps for, for Zappos, um, Apple was like, hey, you guys should come to our worldwide developer conference known as WWDC. It's Apple's biggest developer conference. Um, so I went, um, our team went, it was very cool. And, you know, it was like way more technically over my head. Like I hadn't really kind of phased out of the dev side and into the design and interface side of things, but um, it was really cool. And we got to meet amazing people. And somewhere along the way, when we were working on the Zappos, we did the iPad app, our brains were fried and they were like, okay, go, it's time to do the iPhone app. And we were like, our brains hurt. What are we gonna do now? Cause it's a completely different device and it has to be thoughtfully designed, right. but our brains hurt cause we just did that. <laughs> and, and so Apple was actually like, here's a list of like 10 companies, talk to them, work with them, they're experts and they will help you. And we ended up working with a company called Black Pisk Black Pixel. And um, and so we worked with Black Pixel on, I don't know, it was like a 72 hour engagement. And their designer, Chris Clark, um, was brilliant. And he just, he gave us some animations and some ideas and threw them back at us and it fueled us. It was like a recharge. So then we were able to keep going. But that relationship um, with this company, Black Pixel, proved very fruitful. So again, with the fruit. <laughs> fruit. <laughs> so at WWDC, um, word got out that I was leaving Zappos at the end of the month. And those guys were like, oh man, we would love to work with you. Um, I was like, well, just want to work for myself. So, but thanks, you know, anyway, like I leave, I go, um, the end of, you know, June comes and I leave Zappos and I start my own thing, just working from home. I'm home with my two girls. I'm able to, I hired somebody to come help. Um, she had actually been working with me already to cover the girls while I was at work. So um, she was 19, her name was Charnel from Idaho, big blue eyed, gorgeous, you know, Idaho girl <laughs> who was came from like a family of five and she was just needed some work. It was awesome. Wow. So she was so good with my girls. And um, anyway, um, yeah, so she was helping me while I worked from home. And then, so I was working from home, had a couple contracts and things were going all right. And this company, Black Pixel was like, we would really love to work with you. And, and anyway, so long story short, they were like, what would it take? And I was like, well, here's what it would take. And I email it off thinking I'll never hear from them again. And like within 15 minutes, they're like, done, when can you start? <laughs> so I end up working for this company, but I work from home, 100% remote, asking, you know, like making, well, well <laughs> more than I probably should have been making. No, they like, I felt like I was being paid what I needed to make and more. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'd put a number out there and they increased it by about 15 grand a year. So <laughs> wow. like, that was impressive to me. And then I, I felt great and I felt good about what I was doing and, um, and I loved it. And so I was with them. And, and so here's where we start to get to the burnout. Okay, so now I'm fully immersed in like mobile app design. They have fantastic clients like Apple, like uh, Barnes and Noble, like, I don't know, and then a bunch of like startups who are, you know, we need an app. And they worked on a lot of really cool stuff. And the company was run by a, a guy who was literally a rocket scientist. So like pretty cool bunch of people, really smart, some of the smartest people, you know? Um, so that was neat in itself. And um, so I got to work with cool people, but after a while, um, you know, things get redundant as they, as they do. And it wasn't until April 9th of 2012, I lost my dad. My dad um, left my house in the morning. He lives about two hours away in rural Nevada. And he, he left on his motorcycle and never made it home. Mm -hmm. He was hit by another car. And um, where, with previous losses, I learned how to work through work through the pain. I thought I could do that with this one. I love my work. I thought I could pour all my emotion and pain for this loss into it, but it wasn't working mm. this time. It was really weird. Instead of feeling like I could work through it, the more that I tried, the more disconnected I started to feel with my work, the more I kept going, what value does this add to the world? Like, you know, and no ill will toward anybody who's doing a contacts management app or whatever. But like, I just couldn't muster, like the more that I thought about designing interfaces, the more physically uncontrollably ill oh. I became. And I, I really did start getting physically <gasps> ill. And I, I was like, I can't do this. I tried for like eight months. I kept trying to work through it and I was empty inside. I was at the bottom 
um, you know, on paper, everything looked all right. You know, it was like getting paid well, working from home. What could be better, you know? And But for whatever reason, as a designer, I feel like it's my responsibility to to serve my clients, to serve my employer, and to do it the best I can. And I knew sure. I wasn't serving anybody mm-hmm. at my best, not yeah. myself either. And, and so um, after, so that was April in 2012. And I stayed on for a full year, but in January, I knew, I knew in January um, that I needed to go. And a friend of mine actually, you know, I was like in the deepest depths of burnout. And I'm like, man, Stefan, I need to go, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I got like a little bit of savings. The company was actually having a small companies do. Um, it was having a down point where they were unable to pay people for like two or three pay cycles. So I'm like, I think that I need to go. I can write it out. They're asking us to write it out and they'll, you know, recover. And they did eventually, but I still knew I had to go. Mm-hmm. I still knew I had to go. And my friend Stefan, though, says to me, he goes, it's not, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? I don't know what's next. And he says, it's not about what's next. It's about what's important. Mm-hmm. And those words oh. changed everything for me. Wow. Yeah. It's not about what's next. It's about what's important. That's it. Mm-hmm. And those words, it, like, it was like a light switch in my brain where I went, mm-hmm. What is important to me? What is important to me? And I just started writing things down, right? Like making a list. What's important mm-hmm. to me? And I, I had this list of like, I want to be the best mom I can be. I want to be mm. present for my kids. I want to be the best girlfriend I can be. As I had this boyfriend um, that I have now been dating. When did we start dating? Um, you better not listen to this. <laughs> no, we're both so bad about this. But because we actually started working together um, and then they evolved out of working together but yeah i want to say in 2011 maybe 2012 he's been around for a little while so he's been around (laughs) a while but like you know i know he was there at the loss of my dad like you know he came over that morning i remember that so like other everything blurs together but um so i'm like i'm yeah (laughs) i'm at deep dark burnout putting the, I want to be the best girlfriend I can be. Um, I want to make more space in my life. And, and to me, that just means like, like push away the noise, really focus on what I'm doing and really own my time again. Mm-hmm. I had it one time and it kind of got all clouded and overwhelmed and I'm working against these crazy, ridiculous, arbitrary timelines that people invent just to make us scurry around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, I'm like, I'm not working like that anymore. I'm getting too old for that. <laughs> but I, you know, and then write. I love writing. I want to write more. I want to do things that scare me. I want to put something positive into the world. And so, like, I had this list of things, and and that was it. That's where I started. And that list caused me to think, you know, this is kind of like design principles for a web or a mobile project. I've designed lots of web and mobile projects that have been, you know, well received in the world, won awards, blah blah blah, fancy things. So I think that I've proven that I can design good products. What if I flip it around and design my life as if it's the, the product? And so that's kind of where I started and what Ooh, I did. I love that. And it evolved from there. I don't know. So we, you designed your life. Sorry, there was, <laughs> I know, there was a, a little thing there. Um, <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> got we're, it. We're good. We got plenty of time. Awesome. For the rest of I want to like. I'm no. like. Oh, we haven't even gotten to picture this yet. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We will get there. This is good but stuff. I, though. It's a great story. Not. I mean, a while back, I've, I've been telling Melissa since we started this podcast. I'm like, Jamie needs to come on here. We need oh, to get Jamie. And just starting to try to tell your story. I, I and I only know. You know, it's not like we talk all the time. But yeah. I see. You know, social media. You see what's going on. And, you know, but I, I saw what, you know, that keynote speak that, see, I did it again. Why can't the I think we should just call speech. it a keynote speak. So, or, this keynote speak. It works. It is speak. a keynote speak. Yeah. But, you know, in that you were talking about that, how you decided to tackle your life like you would a project and that we both just thought that's really smart. Cause because, that's what we know. Yeah. That, those are the tools yeah. we have. I always call mm-hmm. it my big Mary Poppins bag of tools. <laughs> um, I just want to uh, just chime in here and say, way to be resourceful. <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. So good. I want to get a shirt that says, I'm going to make a shirt that yeah. says that. <laughs> resourceful. I, I like, like it. it. Oh my goodness. Gosh. So yeah. So that began a new quest in life. Wow. Um, I gave notice. I, I left Black Pixel in, on the very last day of April, which, <laughs> how many days? 30th. April 30th of 2013. And um, I do know. still six years to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I won't get on, as granular no, in all of these. I no. promise. 
But like, so, okay, so I'm like, I'm leaving. People are like, what are you gonna do next? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just gonna write. I'm just gonna start writing. And what happened, what happened next? You'll never believe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> like I'm kidding. Okay, so I started writing. I just started writing a personal blog. I called it Personalisms. And I just started writing about what I was feeling and going through and, and putting it out there. And then I got some offers to write for money, which was great. They're like, will you write for our thing? And, and we'll post it and pay you money. And I was like, sweet, I've got an income again. So it wasn't steady. It's writing income, which is not if you're doing articles or whatever. It's not unless you're doing that a lot but you know it was something it was something and I had about six months of savings so that was it like I was like I got like six months of savings I can pay the bills um and for you know three months I can figure stuff out and then the next three months I got to find something to sustain did did you take a day off I was just curious I don't know what that means honestly (laughs) like and I don't mean it's like I work so hard yeah it's that I work doing things I love until I I don't. And then I start on something else. And I knew I wanted to write, so that was a thing that I loved. Um, And I set all these lofty goals. I'm like, I'm gonna blog every day. And then like after three days, it's like not blogging every day (laughs) already. And and that like highlighted, I'm like, wow, I really wanna do good things, but I suck at like routine and rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so approaching this like a project, we gotta do sprints and milestones, right? So I was like, I gotta break it down. Two times. No, I'm kidding. I gotta break it down. <laughs> I gotta break it down. And I was like, okay, I gotta break these things smaller because I have no defined clarity in my life. When I say I want to blog every day, there's no defined clarity there that I can latch my brain onto. And I need that apparently. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. But I'm also a procrastinator, which I was raised to believe is a bad thing, but I, I, I strongly disagree with that being a negative term um, now. And we could get to that later. But um, but you know, so so I just started making a practice of experimenting with my time. How do I own my time better? How do I like break things down into, um, like if I want to build a new habit, right? Mm-hmm. I use sort of, again, going back to the psychology of design, um, when you're designing an interface, you look at the habits of people. You look at, you study what they do, how they use things. If they're using the technology of phone, you look at their processes, like what it, where, where is the phone before they pick it up? Where is it when they hold it? How do they hold it? You think about all of those little observations. You look at the context of their environment, all of these things. So all of these things I ask myself about my own life mm-hmm. too. And then so when good. I was you know, looking at context and looking at, okay, now I've got to break out sprints and milestones. I got to define what it is I'm going to be working on. So I would just say, like, I need to drink more water. That's one. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Because all my body was subsisting on was Dr. Pepper and coffee. And I was like, there's probably water in there that my body can <laughs> extract because I'm not dead yet. But I know I need to be healthier. So, you know, like it was start small, start yeah. simple, start with something I can yeah, wrap my yeah, brain around. Yeah. So it was literally like drink more water and, and, with uh, going back to that, like the habit, the designing mm-hmm. a habit, you look at trigger, action, reward, and you do the same thing when you design an interface. Trigger, action, reward. What are they doing before? What do you want them to do? And what are you going to reward them with if mm-hmm. they do the action that you want them to do? And so thinking of the same things, like, okay, what's something you try to sequence your actions, right? What is something I do every day, no matter where I'm at, because I do travel a lot for speaking and stuff. And it's just like, what do I do every day consistently? Wake up. Okay, so far so good on waking up every day. I do that no matter where I'm at. If I'm here, if I'm in Ireland or wherever, I wake up. Okay, so as soon as I wake up, I need to fill up my water glass. That's it. Don't think about drinking it right now. We'll get to that later. But like, just fill it up, set it there. And then like, I'm a big Rocky arms pose. (laughs) Yeah. Rocky at the top of the stairs pose. So like, do that. That's like the seal it in. You got to have that reward. That's the reward. This is the reward. Rocky pose is the reward. And so, like, if you do that, like, it, it, it works on your little neurosensors inside your brain. And it says, whoa, this is a good thing. You want to fill that water glass when you wake up. So you're building a sequence of actions that you can make positive progress in. So I started doing that. And then I started doing it with bigger things, bigger, you know, like, so it was water. It was, then it was like waking up five minutes earlier. Cause I want more time. Cause how many times you hear that excuse? Like, I just don't have time. Well, wake up earlier or, or stay up later. Like there's time. Yeah. We all have the same amount of time. Right. You just have to 
you know, configure it in a yeah. way that works for it's like you. like Tetris. Yeah, yeah, it is Tetris. And yeah. then when you can pack into that row, <laughs> then you delete a whole row you've got more time. And then, and then you're like, <laughs> the <road> arms. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's I love so it. true. So I started doing that. And, 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 like, and then I started, you know, it started helping me feel better. I was starting, you know, I was in the deep, dark burnout, never left here for a while. But I was like, yeah. I got to get out of this. I got to work my way. And, and I started studying coaching and how people help other people get out of stuff like that. And the more I read about the people who help other people, I wanted to be one of those people. And I started doing talks about like, hey, I've been working, like here's what I'm doing. I'd constantly been posting about what I was doing, what I was working on. Um, I, I talked about overhauling my kitchen cabinets, like emptying, my boyfriend had made a comment one time about my kitchen and like he didn't live in my house but I was a little sensitive about it because I had been very immaculate at one point probably like you um <laughs> Amanda I know you're very tidy I was very tidy once too but I have since had to let go or I would lose my friggin mind I had two kids divorced and all this chaos um anyway so like like Moving forward, I'm gonna to try to get get on with it here. But this is such good stuff. You're just every second of it. It's fine. You're really good too at all of the things you're describing. It's like I have such a visual in my mind. Oh, you know, so it's good. such a great <laughs> mental picture. It, the detail, I love it all. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm into it. Oh my gosh. Well, it evolved into coaching though. I and I did. I took some certifications so that it would be legit. I, I did some courses and stuff. And and then so I did that on the individual coaching side. And then I was like, oh, I want to help people in corporations too, because I come from a corporate environment where I could have used a little help and guidance on, um, okay, so remember we talked about MasterChef mm -hmm. and how what you're feeling bakes into your food? Mm -hmm. I was like, I can help teams feel better. So when they make products, the products are good. <laughs> and then the people who use them are going to feel good. They're going to feel that love, yeah. right? I was like, products are just the connective tissue between, whoops, between uh, human beings. I use my arms a lot. Sorry for hitting the mic there. <laughs> um, good. So like, so I, that's it though. The, the products are the connective tissue between human beings. And I really put a lot of focus into that. And I was like, I can bring more. And really it's, it's become a much bigger thing. I'm not by any means a person who started talking about empathy in our products and empathy for the end user. It was around, I, were, I got to work with Don Norman way back in like 1998 when I was in the web world up there in the startup San Francisco area, who actually is the guy who invented the term user experience. Yeah. So, you know, like I have a little bit, I was just like a re writing heuristic reviews. I didn't really get to do much, but I, I learned so much by observing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so like you get to apply all this stuff. What was I saying? I totally derailed. <laughs> So like, I have no idea what you're talking I about. I don't know, but I oh, like everything. Oh, baking in. Okay, oh, yeah. Product. Baking in, in for so, corporations. So that's how I got into the corporate coaching side. I was like, oh, if your teams feel better, they're going to make better stuff. Mm -hmm. And then your products are going to do better because of it. And that's the business sell. You got to speak businesses in this industry. So like, yeah, this is like helping designers and developers become better communicators yeah. mm -hmm. with their business um, you know, counterparts totally. within what company. So that became a big thing. But then... While I was doing that, I was doing talks about burnout and kind of coming through burnout. And so all of these exercises, I have a talk called Through Burnout and Back Again, and I have a the sequel, part two, called No Excuses, which is how I apply that um, trigger action reward mm -hmm. in a more focused way. So like the Through Burnout and Back Again is kind of how I, I shifted the design lens toward my life. And then um, no excuses is how I got out of my own way and started doing stuff. And the more I started doing stuff, the more space I built mm -hmm. in my life, the more I controlled my time. And you guys, we're getting there. We're getting there. This is the part. Okay. So <laughs> love it. By about 2016. So that was like 2013 through 2016 of just doing this. And I had by this time built up a very healthy um, uh, coaching practice. And, and I was doing financially better than I ever had in my life, which was blowing my mind because I was like, I love this. And I feel like I only work like 60 <laughs> hours a month. And I just like, this is insane. But it felt good. Like I loved what I was doing. And then, okay, so 2015 is where we're going to, okay. It might have even been 2014. I don't know. I remember. Okay, so somewhere in there, I'm like, I have time. I'm working from home. My kids are home on Christmas break. My youngest daughter, Zia, she was almost seven at the time. So I'm sure if we do the math, we can figure that out. She's 11 now, what year it actually was. But like, um, she she draws this picture of this rainbow dress. And you know, like for an almost seven-year-old, it's this crazy, like angular, funny little dress. And she shows it to me. 
And I look at it and I'm, you know, I'm done with my coaching for the day. And I look at it and I go, dude, I think I can make that. Like I have a sewing machine. <laughs> That's about the expen- extent of my sewing skills, by the way. I know how to thread the machine and I know how to step on the gas. And, you know, as long as it's plugged in, it works. I don't run over my fingers or anything. <laughs> now, I took like 4, 4-H sewing in grade school. That's that about it. Um, anyway, I was like, I look at this though and I'm like, it's basically a bunch of block, you know, pieces put together. I think I could make this for a seven-year-old. It's not something we're going to sell. So I'm like, Z, do you want to go to the the fabric store? We'll make it real. You know, and she's like, yeah. So we go down to the Joann's fabric store and we take the picture. And I'm like, okay, we need red. You've got red. Pick out your red. And she's picked and like purple and pink and yellow and green. And she picks all the colors and it's all like that shiny lycra fabric, mm-hmm. except the purple has like glitter on it. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. Every color she picks is amazing. And I do define Zia by personality as my glitter explosion Mm -hmm. child. So like it all makes sense. Um, But we go home. It takes me about 12 hours across the next three days (laughs) to actually make this thing real because I don't know what I'm doing, but I I kind of like doing little sketches and I I have some little pattern pieces and I I fit it together. And I do have a sculpture degree. So I have like some art skill. (laughs) Like I can kind of figure this out. This is sculpture in my mind, right? Resourceful. And so, <laughs> and so, so, so I, uh, I make this dress, we put it on her and she goes, oh, I'm wearing my imagination, which is pretty magical mm-hmm. to hear. Like those are magical words. My little heart melts and then I'm like, okay, I need to finish the collar and the hem because it looks really sloppy. And she's like, nope, nope, it's good. I just want to wear it. It's perfect like it is. I'm like, great, you're seven. It doesn't even matter. And um, so she wears it. She wears it for the next three months, like every day, <laughs> right? Like she wears it everywhere we go, everywhere. And everywhere we go, people say like, where did you get that amazing dress? And she's like, I designed it with my mind. <laughs> it's so, it's mine. I made it, you know, like my mom made it and whatever, but it's more about her and I designed yes. it. Yes, but she's proud. She's There's... so proud. Mm-hmm. So like beside herself, right? And she's like, I know it's amazing, right? And Zia is so not like, she is, <laughs> yeah. She was on one of my, I, in my, experimenting 30-day challenges that I used to do, which are called tiny challenges. I did 30 days of YouTube videos just so I would understand how to use YouTube. And um, she was in one of them. And because she was in one of them, she was like, you might recognize me from YouTube when she would meet people. <laughs> that you is must so be cute. It was like in my one video that got 150 views, you know, she's like, she's like, you probably recognize me from YouTube. And I'm like, oh boy, what have I created here? Hey, but we like the confidence. Right? She's got a great personality. I hope she Good. never loses it. But um, so, you know, so my boyfriend says to me, Ken says to me, man, you should do something with this. You've got something here. And I'm like, no. Absolutely not. It took me 12 hours across three days and almost $100 in supplies. No freaking way am I doing this for other people's kids. Like, no, no. Do you know what we would get? Have you seen kids' art? It's amazing. But no, no. Their imaginations are wild. Oh, yeah. And they're thinking they can make anything. Yeah. You know, no. So we kind of, we ran some numbers on what that would look like. And it would look like $500 an item unless we outsourced it to, you know, overseas children making two pennies a day, yeah. which was absolutely unacceptable. So that was, we were like, okay, we just put it on the shelf. Never mind. She continues wearing it every day. Um, and then integrates slowly over time, some other clothes, but we get good wear out of this dress and a lot of mileage. But after about three months, Ken um, comes back and he's like, I think I got it. He's like, what if instead of trying to recreate their artwork, what if they just wear it? Wear it exactly as they drew it. I was like, whoa, you just blew my mind. <laughs> That's awesome. And he had come up, he, you know, like when he, he's always well thought out in his ideas. He's like, he's like, well, if they just have this simple coloring sheet that look, that is the shape of the garment. And, you know, we thought dress because that's what we made first. That first right. piece was a dress. So we're like, what if we just make a simple dress? He made, designed a little coloring sheet that you print out from your printer. Eight and a half by 11, little coloring sheet, black and white outline. Kids understand that. They understand mm-hmm. a coloring sheet and how that works. There's nothing more complicated to it than that. They design it. Their parent takes a smartphone photo, uploads it to our website. We send it back ready to wear. Bam. That's the idea. And that was when we knew we had something. And we were like, 
Did you get goosebumps? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Because when she first told, when Amanda first told me the story, you know, about it, you know, I did get goosebumps. And I actually said, I have goosebumps. Look at my arm. And it's, it's true. I mean, it's just, I love when inspired thought or an intuitive hit or uh, a situation, you know, like your daughter, you know, wearing her art and feeling so proud and so good becomes something like this. It's just so, it's yeah. just so inspiring to see take shape. You know, and I feel honored to be a part of the idea. Like, I'm kind of mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. Like, she drew this amazing dress, and Ken was really, and I just kind of was like, oh, bring it to life. But he took it to the next step. And that simplification, um, you know, simplicity is hard, as mm-hmm. they say. Yeah. And it is, it's incredibly hard. And for him to have boiled it down into this, like, I absolutely feel honored to be a part of what he was able to, you know, like, to kind of encapsulate yeah. this uh, this process. It's a collaborative but effort. It was everybody, a family effort. You know? Everybody brought their, you know, <laughs> ideas did. to it. And there's so much truth and, you know, uh, great minds coming together, what can happen. So, Man. so wow. yeah, so we, we did, we, you know, and that took us into 2015. So it would have been December of 2014 that she did that first drawing you know, Christmas break. Um, that took us into 2015. And, and we were in about the summer of 2015. And we were like, okay, when this, you know, sort of solidified idea happened and we're like, okay, how do we make it real? We start securing URLs for a name, you know, you do all that stuff. And, um, but we didn't file any formal, formal business stuff. We were like, it's just an idea right now, proof of concept, minimum viable. So we were just like, how do we get this done? the cheapest possible, you know, without spending a ton of money, but do it right. Because we are believers in doing it right. We mm-hmm. we both um, have great street cred for making good digital products. Um, Ken is actually the other half of an app called Narwhal, mm-hmm. um, which is a Reddit reader, and it, it's done very well. Um, it's a little older now, but when he, when they, yeah, it had... It did well for them. Um, so awesome. <laughs> like, but, you know, it, it's one of those things. So, like, we know that we want a quality product. We ended up tapping a, a friend of ours, Ignacio Lachitignola, who is uh, he is local here. We worked with him at Zappos, um, Italian boy. But he did our website. So he owns a company called Menno Design. I don't know if I just said that already. But um, we asked him if he would, <laughs> it was one of those people where we were like, like, hey, Ignacio, <laughs> you want to build a website for equity <laughs> in your free time? He was, you know, I hate being those people because I've had a ton mm-hmm. of those questions, you know, those requests. And usually you're like, not for that idea. Um, but, you know, like he said, yes, we were honored that he said yes. And we thought worst case, we both know how to build websites. We could do this. But I'm so, I, I stopped building websites in like 2008. So I knew that if I were going to do it, it wasn't going to be what we wanted, what we could see in our minds. And um, so Ignacio um, said yes. He's like, but it'll be, you know, outside my, so it's a, on the side, we all had kind of day job mm-hmm. things going on. Ken right. had Narwhal. I had my coaching stuff. Um, and and uh, Ignacio had Menno Design. And then our friend Stefan is the other half of a Honeycrumb baking studio. <laughs> and they make these amazing wedding cakes. But we had worked with him. He was a biz dev guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a very resourceful person. And we called him to help us figure out where to get prototypes made. And we found somebody local here in Las Vegas 15 minutes from our house. And so that guy, Jeff, was awesome. And um, he mostly does sportswear. But he's like, yeah, I can make your prototypes. And if you sell any, I can do the fulfillment. And it was like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> so he did the prototypes. Took, they were awesome. Um, it took us a few iterations to get it right. About 10 months after we approached Ignacio for the website, he let us know. So it was July of, uh, June or July of 2016. He says, he's like, hey, it's ready. You guys want to test it out? And um, so we're like, hey, let's get five friends to test it out for real, see if this thing works. So they, you know, you go to picturethisclothing.com, print out a coloring sheet, um, have your kid design it, take that smartphone photo and upload it to place the order. Here's a magic code so that you don't have to pay for it, but we want to make sure everything works. And um, and then we'll send it back, give us feedback on the garment. And our five friends did that for us. We had a few adjustments to make. We made them and then we were like, okay, now what? Like, okay, this website's ready. Um, we And that was by the end of July. And then we were just about to go on our little family vacation. We'd take a week or two and go to New Hampshire where Ken is from, visit his family, go to Fun Spot, which is like the most amazing retro arcade um, in the world. <laughs> world if you're a retro gamer at all which I am um, 
Couldn't tell my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Pac-Man hair. But yeah, yeah. So like we do that as our family vacation to go to Fun Spot. And um, anyway, we do that. But we're like, when we got back, we're like, that's when we'll do it. We'll let the world know, whatever that means, right? So August 16th, no, August 17th, 2016. I post a tweet from my personal Twitter account at Jamie Jamie. Um, it was 6:22 a.m. and I only remember all of this not because it like exploded or anything. It got like 92 likes. Like it wasn't huge. And I think I had like 7,000 followers at the time. It, you know, it was, which to me was great. Yeah. But um, you know, you then I'm by no means an influencer or whatever. <laughs> um, not getting paid to do this stuff. It's <laughs> Twitter's. <laughs> but, but you know, so like I just put it out there. Um, Cause that was what we agreed upon. My friends, you know, Ignacio put it out there, Ken put it out there. But um, later that day, and it was really cool. Like the tweet just said like, hey, check out some things me and my friends made, picturethisclothing.com. And it shows the picture cause that's how it you know, populates the picture from the homepage. And our website was nice. We did it, I think we did it right, but we built it on like WordPress templates. We customized things very nicely and the process worked. The design was great. Iggy's a great branding guy, a great designer, um, and it looked really nice. It was pretty. <laughs> and, and so you know, it's got the picture of Zia holding the paper and wearing the dress, the yeah. prototype. And so it really, you just look at it, you know, you get it, right? Yeah. And so um, later that later that same day, later that same day, we're like, shoot, the website's down. What's happening? And like, we realized that TechCrunch had, had posted an article about us, TechCrunch, on day one. So like... 5 p.m. same day, um, TechCrunch had posted an article about us. And it was a very, still to this day, one of my favorite articles that has ever been written on us. And that started a crazy, like eight month long viral wave. Like, and usually viral is like, and I've been, now that I've been through viral a few times, because it's very up and down, it was surfing, man. It was like, it was like, you're on a wave, you're off. You're on a wave, you're off. But it was crazy because every time we'd start to come down, something new would come up. So it was like day one, we got this tech crunch thing. Day two, I was product hunch, which is super cool with the tech people. Um, I had no idea what it was, honestly, at the time, but I was like, cool, we're on all the, all the iOS developers are excited about this will be excited too. Um, no news is bad news, right? So um, so that, and then the third day, it was Disney'sBabble.com reached out to us because they had seen us on TechCrunch and wanted to do an interview. So we scheduled an interview for the following week. Their, um, their thing went out one week from the day we launched. And when they put theirs out, um, Huffington Post did a thing on it. It went all over the world. And then like Inside, Business Insider, and like all the, you know, whatever news media outlet you can think of did it, except locally in Las Vegas. Nobody locally touched us, which I thought was really interesting and kind of humorous, but it's okay. No hard feelings, Vegas. Um, I just thought it was so funny that like everybody was, anyway. So um, the Saturday, the that right after we launched, uh, news entity called Now This, who does mostly like Facebook and Twitter viral video sorts of things, um, they made a video. They did a Skype interview with me and um, did the video and, and they launched it on Labor Day, um, two weeks after uh, we launched. And the very, it's got 3 million views within 24 hours and then it maxed out at like 40 million views. And we did $10,000 worth of sales that day. And we knew at that moment we had proven the concept. So proof of concept. <laughs> you, you think? Wow. Just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> and within a couple of months, I had to give notice um, with my clients, my coaching clients, that I needed to go focus on this full time. So. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. What a <laughs> it story. Was crazy. So like less than 12 hours from the time you put the website out, yeah. you're out in the world. It was unbelievable. And, and it so began great. quite a bonanza for us. So we, we, everything <laughs> that could break broke, everything that needed to be fixed, we needed to fix. And it was amazing. Um, but it was, you know, I'm honored to start that way. You learn a lot really fast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a good problem to have. <laughs> and no you complaints. do, you keep everything here in Vegas, right? Like yeah, actually. So, um, and I'll just try to summarize it like a few. So we're almost three years old now. In our first three years, so first we had to get through that viral craziness and, and kind of stabilize, um, realize that our software needed to be completely overhauled from the ground up. So we overhauled our software, built it all in-house from the ground up. Good thing um, you knew some people. Yep, yeah, we know some people. <laughs> Resourceful. So, yeah, yes. yep, Pavel, kudos, man. Um, so Pavel, a guy we worked with at Zappos, and did all, still does our, our dev work. Um, so we overhauled all of our tech, um, built it, in-house. We made 1.2 million in sales in our first 18 months. 
we um, used all that capital to put back into the company and buy all our own equipment loan free um, and build out our own manufacturing here in Vegas. So while we were working with a local manufacturer, we had a couple points where we were too small for him to become a priority um, to, that would allow us to drop our prices so that we could offer sales mm -hmm. and so that we could do more like give back sorts of things. We just were at this financial sort of learning experience, right? Um, but then also drop our turnaround times from 30 days to anything less than 30 days. Um, so we did that. We did both of those things. Now we're offering sales. We built out our own custom affiliate program. We, um, we what we do, we make everything with our own hands here in mm -hmm. Vegas, 100% um, US made. We buy our fabric sourced and made in California. We make sure of that. Like we're, we're very um, mindful about being US made. No more uh, three days, 12 hours, one <laughs> Right, for machine. one item. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the hem is we, looking a little better these days. <laughs> holy macaroni. We learned a lot the hard oh way, gosh. but everything know. is really personalized too, right? You still sew in, like hand sew in the, the kids or the creator's name. The, so it's not sewn in, it's actually printed. Okay. So what we do, I'm actually, if you can see. Tune into YouTube to see what she's wearing. <laughs> All Jamie wears now are real creations. I do, so. so this was made with confetti and it's like photo real, but it like scales mm -hmm. it up, but they sign their name on the paper. So you print out the paper of a dress or a t-shirt. We launched with dresses. And when we got all these emails, people are like, do you hate boys? It's my favorite <laughs> right. thing. I was like, no, I don't hate boys. We made dresses. It was a proof of concept. We didn't know it was going to go viral. We didn't know. Like, sorry. Right. So we got t-shirts out about six months later and then adult sizes with mm, that. Um, right. So we launched that. We do adult sizes extra small through three extra large. Um, and so we want to expand our offerings, but we've got a lot of stuff to work sure. through still. But, um, but yeah, so their name, they sign that paper and their handwritten signature gets printed inside the hem of the garment. Oh, I love I that. would show you that, but I'm tucked all in in my pants here, so sorry. <laughs> next, next time, next, next time. time, I'll bring one to show you. But yeah, that, that's. I mean, you know, it's there have been so many ups and downs. Like last year, our big challenge was really trying to build out a space and like equipment coming on a boat from Italy, and it was delayed like three times for three months later than we thought it was going to be. But we were up and running in time for the holiday season, which we have learned now three holidays in. Um, two, three years old, but we started right before that holiday season. But we've learned that that's our bread and butter season. Yeah. That's wow. the that's when we do those. It's so a great incredible. gift. Yeah. So you definitely check out picturethisclothing.com just to see some of this imagination come to life. Jamie, one, it's, and this wasn't even a kid one, but one of my favorite things is you recreated an Iron Maiden album cover it's out so of Play-Doh and then had it printed. And A, your artistic talent alone in re perfectly recreating Eddie and the whole Iron Maiden thing. <laughs> oh. My love of 80s metal was, you know, yes. very happy to see that. Yes. But everything I've seen peanut butter and jelly dresses like every I, I mean I couldn't even think of so, like some of the most crazy ones if you can with cotton candy mm -hmm. sprinkles and frosting like if you can think of it and photograph it on one of our templates we can make it real and like uh. we've seen everything you know, people use that like puppies or mm -hmm. families yeah. um, I love the ones that have the kids artwork more mm -hmm. than anything like that's everything we've seen the sinking Titanic with little people jumping off of it oh, no. it's oh, been amazing gosh. what we see <laughs> amazing I mean, that's so, a, yeah. just a great creative outlet I mean the kids need yeah. to show that pride you know uh, I do also want to mention that our viewers and listeners can get 10% off at picture this clothing if you enter the code womanpreneur. Now we know it's hard to spell, so we're going to put the link in the notes yes. and the link and the code, but code womanpreneur, you can get 10% off your purchases at picture this clothing. It's a yeah. great gift that includes gift certificates, just so folks yeah, know. Yeah, that's good. That's if good stuff. you or somebody in your life wants to wear your imagination, I'm thinking, you know. I want to wear my imagination <laughs> immediately. There's a lot going on up here yeah, that I would I like to love. put down on a piece of paper and then wear. Yeah. I'm all about it. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. It's, it's really like, I have to say, even if you never buy anything, if you need something to keep folks busy and this has been great at conferences <laughs> this has been you know it's so like a icebreaker event or like a you know break time thing uh, conferences have you know just keep the templates and packets of crayons but it's so much more than crayons and markers but it, it's a great way to just be imaginative and get your ideas out and try things and then if you actually want to order it and make it real awesome then you take that smartphone photo um, and upload it 
and, and that's it. And you still love what you do? Oh my gosh. It's so funny <laughs> because we started doing these live streams um, recently, on uh, mostly on Facebook. Our community really built around Facebook being, I think, the mom community, you know? So like somebody who never used Facebook, um, we, we, you know, we set up our Facebook account before we launched because we knew we might need that. Anyway, we went from zero um, zero community members to we just passed 87,000 in less than three years, wow. which is pretty sweet. It's pretty good. So yeah. like, and we just started live streaming um, the cutting process, which yeah. I love. It's my favorite. We hand cut all of these pieces. So we print them to big flat fabric and we hand cut them. And I, um, anytime I get the chance, we do a live stream from the studio and, and I'll hand cut the stuff. And there's a close up, like an overhead camera that shows that process while um, also a headshot at the same time, or, you know, talking me, um, where I answer questions from community. People type in their questions and I answer them live for them. So we do that live stream. Um, we usually do it about twice a week, but sometimes, you know, whenever it's kind of like whenever I have time to jump on there, but it's been about twice a week. And, and each of those is getting, you know, between one and 2000 views. Mm -hmm. So for being only a month old, I think that's all right. And that's right. Um, Picture This Clothing is the Facebook page. Yeah, it's facebook.com slash yeah. picture this clothing. And it's where else cool. can they, they find you and, and yeah. picture this and yeah. go ahead and pitch yourself here while, yeah. while we're at it? So, like, if you should really check, I mean, I, I check out the stream, like, either um, yeah, at facebook.com slash picture this clothing or uh, instagram.com slash picture this clothing to see what other customers have done. And we've had, we've sold over 45,000 pieces at this time. Wow. That's, you know, a lot of it's unique incredible. stuff. And um, there's just an unlimited supply of kid imagination and it's brilliant. Oh. I love so it. <laughs> you are one inspiring womanpreneur, let me yeah. tell you. And I, I I could just listen to you all yeah. day, oh, honestly. No, I could probably talk all day. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so, no, sorry. This, I'm so excited. Is, we'll, we'll just have to have you back for another I session. I think that time. we should plan for yeah. uh, part oh, two because I have so many questions and so many thoughts. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Because you, you said so many things that were just truly inspiring. So thank you for being with These us. These are the things that can happen yeah. when you beat your own path. Yeah. Right when you from, like from dishwashing through tech through you know <laughs> coaching to clothing clothing you know? manufacturing and it, every step you enjoyed until you didn't and then when you didn't you found something yeah. new like and, that's, and you were resource th resourceful <laughs> through resourceful. it all and, yeah rocky <laughs> arms yes I'm right there with you I love it I love it so thank you so much for having me oh, it's really an honor and like you. I love what you're doing with the podcast I think it's very thank cool. you so much well until thank next time we can't wait to have you, you back <laughs> thank you all for tuning in and hanging out with us and uh Bring your imagination to life and Ooh. wear it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for tuning into the Womanpreneur Podcast. Until next time, you've got this.